Hello and welcome to Free From The Real, episode 149, brought to you by puremtdo.com, mtgotraders.com and capefeargames.com. You can hear us each week on puremtdo.com, mtgotraders.com and mtgcast.com. I'll be one of your hosts this week, AJ. With me is the redoubtable Kia. Hey, everybody. Uh, regrettably, Sebastian is flying at the moment of recording, so won't be with us uh, today. As ever, this is the Free From The Real podcast, bringing you all the news that's fit to listen to regarding Magic Online and things from the offline game which affect us. And we have quite a big thing which um, we've been looking forward to for quite some time. The winter celebration has finally been announced and there's all sorts of intriguing things for it, including a big shot in the arm for Classic. Any thoughts on that, Kia? Uh, yeah, I'm actually pretty excited. Um it's kind of interesting because it seems like they really did focus in on uh, the classic format, um, providing lots of uh, cues and opportunities to play in it that will get you Mercadian masks, boosters. Uh, but they're really trying to show a lot of love from classic with, uh, you know, they're going to have uh, eight-man cues, daily events, and premiere events. And then it's going to uh, kind of like a release event almost into where if you do well enough, you will qualify for a championship where you can wish for um, cards from those sets, kind of like we had before, uh, where they had that tournament series where you could win wishes for modern. All right. It's um, it's an interesting prize structure, and I do quite like the um, uh, idea of it. It's um, certainly an, it's a prize structure which um, well, it's going to take some getting used to, but it's uh, certainly. Interesting. Not to mention they've yeah. got um, Texas extended up ponders for just about everything here. Yeah, and that's if, if nothing else, it's going to hook me into playing a minimum of four events. Um, if I want to, I want to play more, obviously, um, but I want to get those ponders for sure. So I'm going to play at least four of something to make sure I get my ponders. Yeah, it's a good card, and the art is very interesting. Yeah, I really like the that art. I'm glad that we're finally getting that released online and a pretty popular card. So, mm-hmm. in addition to that, we'll also have uh, running from December 23rd through the end uh, of the year. Uh, each day, they will have a couple of events of classic drafts, um, basically starting with Mirrodin on Friday, December 23rd, and then every day working their way up another block. Yep, it's uh. Looking interesting in, in terms of um, what's available. Mirrodin, Kamigawa, Ravnica, Time Spiral, Lawin and Morden tied together, Shadowmoor and Eventide, Shard of Alara block, uh, using block or individual boosters, uh, Zendikar, World Week and Rise of the Eldrazi all together. Now the question is, yeah, this is, it's in the same um, way as, written the same way as the Lawin and Morning Tide one, so it's, um, you'll be getting two big sets and a small set all together, it looks like on that. Yeah, exactly. It's very, very interesting. I'm kind of sad because the one I want to play the most, um, and which I'm still going to try to, the Ravnica block ones are actually on Christmas Day. um, So that might be a little tricky scheduling-wise. But I'm hoping to figure out a way to at least get to play in one of them because that is my favorite, one of my favorite draft sets of all time. Sorry, family. You're going to have to put aside the um, uh, awesome Christmas dinner. I need to crack open a few more... uh, um, Dual lands. Exactly, yeah. 
And I mean, I'll, it's not a big deal. This is one of the few times in all of the Magic Online events that is not completely uh, North American, U.S. friendly, um, whereas pretty much 98% of the events that occur on Magic Online are scheduled that way. So, yep. you know, no big deal. <laughs> they, um, I do like the time zone uh, uh, revolutions they have. Um, it should cover pretty much all the major zones in which Magic is played. Uh, your times which are good for America, times which are good for Europe, times for Asia, and I'm not sure which one the last time zone is, probably uh, Night Owls from one of the previous. Yeah, it's for time zones for Insomniacs from those various areas. Yeah. yeah uh, but it's pretty cool. And uh, a lot of a lot of stuff available. They've also got um, some Shards of Alara Blocks Nictix um, cues, as well as Tempest uh, and Urza Block sealed events, yep. which will also be available for short periods of time. One thing whose absence um, jumps out at me, in the last two winter celebrations, we had access, or be brief access, to the um, uh, Premium Deck Series deck. Now, this year, with one of the most uh, eagerly ex- awaited uh, premium deck series decks we don't what's up with that yeah that's that's really odd um because they haven't announced it's it's one of those things where you had to catch it as in the absence of news because we haven't been told that it will be available from the store and we can i think everyone kind of assumed it would be the holiday celebration because that's what tradition has granted us for the last two years um with us having a small shot at uh the premium deck series slivers and then a much larger shot at uh, fire and lightning we assumed there was going to be some way to win uh, Graveborn decks um, as part of this, which I'm sure a lot of people, myself included, were looking forward to to get some Entombs and Buried Alives and just some really good cards overall. Um, but yeah, there's zero mention of it's certainly not available through anything in the holiday celebration, and there's no mention yet of how that will be available to us on Magic Online, if at all. Now, the other line of thought is, if they're not doing it in such a small release as the previous ones, perhaps we'll get something larger, which would be befitting for something containing cards of such high value online. Yeah, that's very true. They could they could have something in the works. It's just, I guess it's kind of interesting that we have heard nothing about it up to this point. And I, I feel like we would there'd be something, that I would like to know one way or the other, whether it's, oh, just wait, we have a big, you know, big plans for Graveborn, or we have no plans, or maybe it's a change in policy and they're just going to say, we have no plans to release premium deck series is, 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 on Magic Online from this point forward. Yeah. Um, it's... You kind of um, look at that and wonder... Um, it's not as if they have a bad track record with communicating anything to us, is it? Oh yeah, no, that's that's completely... Un- it's, that's why it's so weird. It's unheard of for us to... Have Wizards of the Coast be so bad in their communication? Yes. Um, but moving on, let's see. <laughs> uh, uh, if we get any details, we'll be sure to share them with you whenever those come to us. Hopefully yeah. soon. Um, it does look like they're trying to get a lot more masked product online, which might impact the um, uh, prices of um, uh, the big cards, of which more later. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm all for. I do not want to see, um, especially. I'm really kind of scared, especially because with a lot of these classic releases, the prices that we see now kind of tend to go up shortly thereafter the release events stop, which will be right around the when the holiday celebration starts. 
So I'm glad that we'll still see those packs out there, and hopefully those queues will stay out there to keep some of those cards, which are already pretty uh, high dollar, from going even further. Yep. I know the two big ones in the set have already cracked the, the top ten list of the most expensive cards on Magic Online. Yes. So well, I don't not, really need to go much further. Not too surprising with um, Misdirection. I remember back when um, uh, I was working, I was using a, a certain um, uh, product which allowed you to play Magic Online, which was not necessarily the most um, uh, Wizards preferred, which... Um, uh, where uh, misdirection and force of will were uh, pretty much essential. And now that we've got misdirection, I imagine it will follow its uh, older brother quite um, quite far. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I d- it's obviously a powerful card, and it will definitely be used. I don't know if it'll get quite up there yet, especially with the uncertainty surrounding uh, the Power Nine. Yeah. Because I know one of the big, the big bonuses of misdirection is being able to Jack your opponent's ancestral recall. Um, so it's still a good card, but I'm not sure how much play we'll see without that in uh, the mix. But I could be wrong. Yep. It also makes for a um, winner in counter wars. If somebody is uh, force of willing your card, you can always misdirect it to the misdirect and. Uh... Yeah, essentially acting as another force of will in that instance. Yep. And eight force of wills is fair, isn't it? Oh yeah, totally fair. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, hopefully, like I said, those with the re- mask, pe- some people who weren't necessarily interested in playing mask events, getting a hold of those packs, maybe that'll entice them to try them out. Yep. Um, or at the very least, they will put the, those packs back out into the market so people can play more events. Yeah. I do quite like that they've tied that to classic because it's the classic players who'd be the most likely to buy that sort of thing. And the chance to, um, uh, use what you have and get something better is, um, well, that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I seem to be overusing interesting today. I do apologize. <laughs> Lots of interesting news that abounds. Quite so. Uh, such as um, what um, Wizards are doing with their third set. Now, this is something I didn't expect to see quite so soon, because what they're doing with uh, the third set of the Innistrad block is what they did with the third set of the Zendikar block. Mm-hmm, that's right. Uh, it's been announced the third set uh, in the block, Avison Restored, is going to be a big set. Yeah. Um, 244 cards, to be exact. Which is huge, even for a um, big set. Now, what intrigues me is you've essentially got um, this nice, peaceful world where you've got uh, happy-go-lucky tribes of vampires, werewolves, and zombies minding their own business, uh, getting along... And suddenly you have this ancient forgotten uh, uh, power rising up from where it had thought to have been lost for uh, an age, coming back and um, uh, turning the world upside down, if you will. Yeah. Sounds slightly uh, familiar. Yeah, I think we've we've heard that story a time or two. Yes. Um, but yeah, pretty interesting stuff, um, especially looking ahead to Dark Ascension. It's something to keep in mind that... It will be the basically short drafted set, um, similar to World Wake. And so, if there are any high dollar cards in there, it'd be a good idea to keep your eye on those and make sure you get your set before something crazy happens. Yeah. Because it's going to be again like the beginning times of Rise of the Eldrazi, before they made the new drafting format, where the draft draft will either be 
uh, Innistrad, Innistrad, Dark Ascension, or Triple Avacyn Restored. Yes. Keep a very close eye on any Planeswalkers from Dark Ascension, because you never know when one of them will be um, uh, Jace the Cashin. Exactly. Something to be mindful of. Although, it'd be interesting to see if they do switch that up, kind of like they have now with... Um, with the Zendikar block, where you can draft all three of them together, even though they weren't designed to be done that way. Yeah, and indeed the strategies of the two sets are almost antithetical. Yeah, very much so, whereas with Zendikar you wanted cheap, small, efficient creatures, very aggressive strategies, versus uh, the Rise block, which was much more focused on your big, fat Aldrazi. Yeah. But uh, just like before, for block-constructed purposes, uh, Avacyn Reborn... Restored, sorry, will be part of the Innistrad block for constructed purposes, so it will be in the block format, just not part of the draft format. Yep. Until such time as they do with it what they did with the draft format for the other sets. Of course, yeah. But we've got some time to uh, chew on that. That set doesn't come out till the end of May, Um, so we've got a little time there, obviously. And we still have a whole other set before that to look forward to. Precisely. The Darkest Ascension is just before dawn. Mm-hmm. Oh, and one final little bombshell about um, Avacyn Restored is according to Twitter from uh, Mark Rosewater, Dark Ascension will continue with double face cards, but those will go away in Avacyn Restored. They will have zero double face cards. Which isn't too surprising considering what happened to the block mechanics of uh, Zendikar mm-hmm. with uh, the subsequent block. Exactly. And even, yeah, just flavorfully looking at it, if it's Avacyn restored, Avacyn being like one of the good human folk peoples and uh, saviors thereof. I imagine she can make all those nasty double-sided werewolves go away. What could be quite interesting would be if they released a human who uh, became indestructible and hexproof with an angel on the board. Hmm. (laughs) That would be (laughs) pretty interesting. I'd smell a bit of a combo there. Well, it's possible. Um, I can imagine Navison Restored having a um, somewhat angelic tribal theme, sort of like mm-hmm. a um, Rise of the Eldrazi optimistic version. Exactly, yeah. Like Rise of the Eldrazi good guys win this time edition. When was the last time the good guys won in Magic? I mean, you could argue Judgment. Judgment was good. Um, Onslaught yeah. Block was pretty much uh, everybody loses because False God destroys Mana Connection. And uh, world uh, has uh, yet another cataclysm. Uh, apocalypse, the answer's in the name. Uh, let's see, Scourge. Yeah, that was bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fifth Dawn was pretty optimistic. You had the fifth. Yeah, uh, the Mirrodin block ended rather well. Yeah. Uh, Memnarch defeated uh, Khan back. Um, sorry about spoilers if anybody hasn't noticed, but it's a, yeah. what, is it 10 years old now? Eight. Yeah, if you haven't read it up by now, you weren't going to, sorry. Yeah. Um, that was fairly optimistic, although not necessarily if you were where the sun was bursting through when it came out of the planet. Mm-hmm. Huge bird. Um, and what about, like, Time Spiral? I didn't, I don't know. Well, Time Spiral, you had, you had shoots of optimism. You, you did have them uh, trying to fix all the leaks, but ending up with Neo Walkers, um, killing off a few old favorite characters, which is always annoying. Um, uh, Tarmogoyf was fairly depressing but um, yeah you had uh, (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, you did have things like Lanoir Reborn, which is some of the best art I've ever seen on land. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. So, yeah, we've had little sprouts of optimism, but, uh, you know, with the – it's hard to see through Shadowmoor and Rise of the Eldrazi and – well, Law in Shadowmore wasn't so much a cataclysm as a phase change and yeah. stabilization at the end of um, uh, Eventide. Uh, let's see, after that you had... Uh, let's see, was Kamigawa's? I suppose it was he had the saviors, so it was safe. Yeah. Uh, no, that was, I don't think it ended very well. <laughs> the block wasn't good. Um, one of the weakest since Prophecy, but... Um, yeah, the the storyline was fairly optimistic, although they ended up exiling uh, one of the main heroes to a different plane. So, let's see, what else was there? Um, Alara, hard to say. You went with that with split planes becoming merged, but uh, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, that's. Yeah, I guess that'd be up to the people's. Didn't uh, what's his name, Nicol Bolas, have some big? spiel that he did in there he did yes but unfortunately I hadn't read that book and probably won't um, but yeah that was um, fairly uh, cataclysmic if in some ways positive in some ways negative ways depending on whether uh, you're in a bad situation or a good one if you were uh, scrabbling along in Grixis trying to dodge the dead then yeah it's probably a good thing that you can now run away from that as far away as possible. If you're in a nice order plane of band and suddenly have to deal with chaos and disorder, not so good. Yeah, that's not what you're looking for. Hmm. Let's see. After that, well, let's see. You had the Eldrazi block next where you had the Eldrazi rising, which is enough to put a damper in anyone's day. Yeah, definitely some evil there. Yep. Bad guys winning. Uh-huh. Um, who, uh, did the bad guys win in Euphorexia? Mm, hard to say. <laughs> yeah, quite. Mm. So yeah, it's a it's a nice uh, change of pace from uh, the usual. But I suppose it is a world-shaking cataclysm. But uh, when your world is initially doom, gloom, and darkness, suddenly it came from the bright and sunny morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not exactly the. I mean, it's a turnaround, just not in the negative way. Yes. Yeah. Um, gothic horror to uh, land of sunshine, uh, frolic and frolics and angels. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'll be something to look forward to. A nice change of pace. Yep. Right, so that's um, pretty much all the news we have. Um, unless we want to mention Star City Games' recent uh, policy change, where if you cheat, you don't get your prizes. Yeah. Seems like a pretty good policy to me. Yep. Uh, enough said about that. Um, we do know that there won't be a downtime on December the 28th, which is round about the time our next cast will be coming out, uh, due to the holidays, um, which isn't too much of a surprise. Um, and for those of you um, holidaying, happy. Yep, so just uh, yeah, play on through. Mm-hmm. Right, let's move on to our prices. Let's have a uh, look at the top three of each set, or um, with one exception, of course. Uh, do you want to talk us through this? Uh, sure. So we have 
looking at it, obviously the big three in the most recent set, Mercadian Mask, uh, by a long shot, would be Rashad and Port, uh, Tangle Wire, and Misdirection, uh, which are clocking in at 62, 49, and 17, respectively. Yep. So which is pretty respectable. Yep. Everything you own is tapped, uh, your land is tapped, and your spell is targeting what I want it to for free. Yeah, you can see why those would be uh, high-priced. Yeah. No surprise. And then, mm-hmm, so, and they pretty much dominate the prices. There's a couple of cards that straggle around. It's, you know, six or seven. But I think those are going to be your all-time leading. Yeah. This is what the block's going to be remembered for. Um, and it's, it's really not a surprise. Uh, when you've got a set with a lot of weak cards, it does tend to cluster in just one or two strong ones. Yeah, and it's going to be especially especially bad considering there's a lot of bad cards in there. It's a, essentially a huge 600-card set. Yeah. Remember, at the same rarity of these cards, you've got such delightful cards as the um, as Pale Moon. Mm-hmm. Very true. Uh, looking back in the next set, we have, obviously, Innistrad, and we have pretty much a big three there as well. We have uh, Garuk. Relentless and Liliana of the Veil, the two Planeswalkers, coming in at around 20. And then the Geist of St. Traft, who's kind of wishy-washy, goes back and forth, but is currently at about 14.15. I'm quite surprised at how well Geist has been doing price-wise. He's, uh, would you say he'd made a huge splash in the constructed scene, or is he... Um, uh... Yeah, he, he has some moments. I mean, Hexproof is proving to be pretty powerful. Hmm. Um, he can often do some stuff on his own, because there's not always creatures to block... Um, so he can get through pretty unassailed in a lot of matches. And then for those matches where it would be an issue, um, in some cases you have Angelic Destiny, you have the Swords, uh, which are currently being played. You have a lot of options for beefing him up and getting him out of range of uh, just being blocked and killed, yep. uh, which lets him do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So he definitely sees some plan construct, and I think he will continue to. Fair enough. Now let's see... Oh, following from that, you have the prices for New Phyrexia, and you've been a bit uh, greedy with the, um, uh, well, with the Phyrexians. They're, all gonna, they're always going to take more and complete the list in a different way. Exactly, um, and they, we do. We have four on the list here. Uh, the top three leaders, the number one is Sword of War and Peace, coming in at 21-27. You know, powerful card, and as I mentioned before, yep. can work pretty well in conjunction with uh, the Geist, and with a lot of other creatures as well. Um, then next we have Karn Liberated, who is kind of interesting because he sees some play in some in some blue white control decks, but not a whole lot and not in large numbers. Uh, but he's holding it down at uh, just under 21. And then right behind him is another card that we've seen soar a lot and sees a little play, um, kind of in the same boat as Karn, uh, but inter- and also se- also a seven drop finisher, and that's Elish Norn Grand Cenobite at 2025. The reason we stretched it to four is because it'd be, I feel like we'd be leaving out if we didn't talk about Batter Skull, who's at 17.29. You know, I know so low in comparison to the high $20 cards, uh, but still pretty up there, and a darn good card in its own right. Yep. You essentially have the three main big colorless uh, mythics, and uh, a card which in Reanimator is essentially a um, uh, double Knight of Souls Betrayal, which I hear is kind of good. Yeah. And uh, double uh, honor of the pier. Yeah. All for the low, low price of one reanimation spell. Exactly. 
I think it's I think it's starting to even see some play in just constructed decks, and people are just you know paying the seven in their blue white control deck, putting them down there and going to town. Yeah. Well, if your opponent's on a swarm strategy, then saying, "Oh look, all your creatures are suddenly too smaller and mine are too bigger," it's yeah. which, kind of, which usually means your creatures are dead. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a conversation ender. I mean, you never know; they might have a tempered steel in, but hey, your tempered steel is now negated. Oh, and uh, yeah. just for extra measure, bounce your tempered steel. Yeah, <laughs> or I guess they could have like you know a zero one card ape or a one one wild coddle. Yeah, this is true. Against your. 7-4, and whatever else Hellish Norn is pumping. Exactly. Alright. Right. And then the last set we want to look at is um, the most recent core set. And there was kind of trickier. There's only a handful of cards uh, clearing the $10 mark to talk about. But there are three, so it worked out. And that's Angelic Destiny, again, mentioned before, good with good with Geist, but also just been in various human uh, builds where you can just slap that on your guys and send them to the red zone. Yep. Providing get two for uh, one. Yep. Um, Gideon Jura, who also works well in those, again, those blue-white decks that we've been talking about uh, that seem to be doing well, despite their loss of uh, the Squadron Hawks and their Stoneforge Mystics and their Jaces, still seems to be a viable combination. Yep. Um, he comes in at 1245, and leading the pack is the pack leader himself, uh, Garuk Primal Hunter, at uh, 1470. Yep. All good uh, card advantage, um Engines one way or the other. Angelic Destiny recurs itself. Garrick, Primal Hunter, can draw a lot of cards or drop a lot of tokens. And Gideon Jura is good against creatures. I hear there are a lot yeah. of decks with creatures these days. Yeah. And also, and then once the creatures are dealt with, he's good against opponents as a 6-6 beat stick. There is that, yes. Um, so basically, you get your opponent into a position where he doesn't want to play anything, and you get your opponent into a position where he, uh, has, to, uh, where he has to play something to uh, die to it. Exactly. So overall, some card, you know, a lot of cards uh, doing really well. A lot of blue white stuff seems to be doing very well, especially in the their more recent formats like standard, um, possibly modern. We'll see what shakes out in the coming weeks for that. Uh, but those look to be your cards to watch for the moment as to what's going up. Yep. Right. Moving on. We have the question of the week. What are we uh, entertaining our listeners with this week? Uh, well, now, this week we have our question of the week is looking back. Let's look back over this last year, uh, 2011, since it's coming to a close. What is your favorite Magic Online release for 2012 and why? Um, AJ, you have any thoughts or you want me to go first? I'll go with this one. There is something which uh, stands out uh, quite literally from the crowd. And it's uh, something which hopefully will start a new trend and certainly sets a marker, namely Commander. This is um, the first uh, alternate set release to feature new cards, uh, the first um, alternate method of play to be released on uh, Magic Online having been released offline, as opposed to uh, Plane Chase and uh, the original Vanguard. Although we had an online version, it wasn't quite the same. Um, both in terms of the potential it offers and in terms of the interesting new cards, it certainly set down um, uh, a real indicator of the way which these things could go in the future, uh, especially since it's sold relatively well. Um, I have high hopes for the second version of Plane Chase in the near future, which will be the other set to release uh, the new kind of cards, uh, a new um, set of cards online, not in a... Uh, regular set. Uh, 
So if we don't get those and they start showing up in classic, we uh, will have to raise a rather pointed eyebrow in Wizards' direction. And if that happens, then we've got uh, Plane Chase Online, which would be a really fun thing and an excellent addition to the client. And it raises the spectre of the possibility of, say, Arch Enemy as well, if that comes up in the, in the future. I would love to see those extra additional options, um, especially in multiplayer, online. And gentle readers, I was born to play Arch Enemy, and I would love to play it online. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, all right, very good. Well, for me, kind of an odd choice. I really looked over the sets, and I had there's a couple of different things I thought, and really looking back, I think I would have to go with. Magic 2012. Fair enough. Uh, your reason. I know, which seemed, it seems like a really weird choice, but just looking over it, it was a pretty a pretty good set. It has lots of good cards, lots of fun cards. Um, I really like some of the flavorful effects that we got from it, just some really interesting creatures. We got the Titans back, who have proved not to be overwhelming at the time, uh, at this time, anyways. Hopefully we'll see that stay that way so we don't have an issue again. Um, but they're very affordable and playable. There's, it's made a lot of interesting deck options. Illusions has been very successful. And it's one of the first times in as long as I can remember that I've been doing well in a limited base set. Yeah. So I might be a little biased there. Um, I'm traditionally pretty bad at them, and I don't know why. I've just not been able to play them well. Um, but this one actually did pretty well, so maybe that skews my opinion a little. But I really enjoyed it as a set, and I like a lot of the cards that have come out of it. Yep, I do love what they did with the Planeswalkers. Whilst uh, my personal opinion on reprinting the um, uh, Titans is divided between it did kind of reduce the price a little and, oh no, not them again. Um, yeah, there are plenty of nice cards, and uh, I do quite like what they did with uh, Dyes and Hexproof. Yeah, it's it was pretty cool. I th- I just looking back, I was like, huh, this is actually a really, really, really good set. So, yeah, but I would give it its props. Fair enough. Yeah, but if you agree with either myself or AJ, or if you have your own opinion about what you thought was a better release, please feel free to leave a uh, message to us in our show notes. As a little incentive, we have our 150th episode coming up, so everyone who answers the question of the week will be entered into a draw for some very nice free cards. Mm-hmm. And I mean, hey, you can't really turn down free cards. We'll have a complete list of what is available um, in our next week when we do the drawing, and we'll announce our winners. Yep. We shall. Uh, we can guarantee that this won't just be a set of um, uh Basic lands, these will actually be cards with value. Well, mm-hmm. every card yeah, has got a couple of things. Yeah, a couple of things in the works. But uh, yeah, there's going to be some pretty nice prizes. Um, so if you are interested in getting cards, then I'd suggest you come up with an answer and leave it in our show notes. Yep. And we promise we won't give you Sorrow's Path as a booby prize. Yes, <laughs> there will be no Sorrow's Paths given away. Right. Moving on, what have you been playing, Kia? Uh, well, I've just been chugging away on the Mercadian Mask release events, uh, mostly the seals and the occasional draft. I did actually get to play in one of the scheduled events in a uh, sealed event and did very well. I managed to sneak into the top eight and get fourth place, which will put me in for the Mercadian Mask Championship. So, yeah. pretty excited about that. Excellent. Good luck with that. 
And how about you, AJ? What you been playing? There was a special event at the weekend to mark the 50th um, Tribal Apocalypse event under Blippi's reign. Uh, Blippi the Slug having taken over from the previous hosts. Um, and he's pretty good at record keeping, it has to be said. Um, this particular event was Elves versus Goblins. Now, normally, I'm not the world's greatest fan of that kind of tribe, but knowing what you had to work with also means you know what your opponent has to work with. And that I can, well, work with. Um, <laughs> because both elves and goblins, you, you know that, you know how the story plays. Uh, they empty their hand and try to overwhelm you with massive either uh, attacks and burn or card advantage and combo. But the thing is, they've got loads of fairly low to medium at best toughness creatures spawn over the battlefield and not many cards in hand. If you can get rid of all those uh, creatures on the battlefield, you're laughing. So <laughs> I built both of my decks, both the elf deck and the goblin deck, with that in mind, and went rather than uh, uh, red aggro burn and green aggro combo, I went with mono black control with elves and goblins. Wait, wait, wait. Yes? Mono black elves and mono black goblins. Mono black elves... Mono Black Goblins, Control, finished in the money. Man, I don't know how you do it sometimes. I'm, you, are a mad sci- you are a mad scientist, thank for you, real. Thank you kindly. <laughs> uh, well, the next, there's plenty of cards out there which um, do actually help the uh, archetypes. You've got the, um, uh, you have a fair amount of, um, well, with the elves I went with a sort of an assassin th- sub-theme using uh, Scarblade Elite, um, and uh, a card which uh, wasn't originally an elf um, back when it was printed, uh, Plague Witch from Nemesis, which is a uh, one-two for one with uh, uh, one black discard a card, target creature gets minus one, minus one, which is really useful against goblin decks because they tend not to be that tough. Yeah, and they tend to have a lot of one-toughness guys. So Yeah, and that, of course, feeds the um, Scarblade Elite, which exiles a... Uh, Assassin from your graveyard to uh, destroy a creature, which in turn works with um, cards such as uh, Nameless Inversion, which is an assassin removal spell, um, and Hunter of High Blades, which is a 5-mana 3-3, which can be quite useful once you've exhausted all their resources, or in other words, can be discarded um, with a Plague Witch to uh, hurt people. (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah, well, well, obviously it worked. So uh, I did get a bit cocky in um, uh, my first game against uh, goblins with that deck, in that um, uh, I was at ten life. He had three cards in hand. I had a fair amount of control on the board, but I'd attacked with a, um, a scarblade elite rather than leaving it up uh, for emergencies. And he went um, uh, bushwhacker, bushwhacker, swing for five, goblin grenade. Damn. Ouch. Yeah. But nonetheless, uh, I won everything, every, every other game, so, uh, or at least every other round, so I can't complain too much. My plan worked. Uh, yeah, insert, not bad. Insert evil laughter here. <laughs> Perfect. All right, well done, man. Okay. Congratulations. All right, that's uh, pretty much all we have for this week. Anything else you want to add? No, I think we've kind of covered it all, um, you know. If you're traveling for the holidays, uh, safe travels to everyone. Yep. 
and enjoy the company of your families. Right, and we will see you again uh, uh, after the uh, main event. Yeah. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Goodbye.